Good morning, Lindsley Avenue. Good morning. I'll say it differently this morning. I'll say good morning, brothers and sisters. It's good to see everybody. We're glad to have everyone back. Glad to have uh, several visitors with us this morning. But we do have a number of people who are away, either sick or who are traveling. And so it's always good when we are together, but let's not forget those of our number who can't be with us here this morning. We're continuing our study of the fruit of the Spirit, and this morning we're looking at gentleness. We have one more next week. This morning we're looking at gentleness. So when we think about gentleness, sometimes gentleness and meekness, don't use that word very often day to day, meekness are often mixed together. Gentleness and meekness. They have some similar aspects, but are different. So I want to make sure at the start here I point out the differences. Meekness is the way one regards oneself. It's the way I regard myself. You look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Paul says, Don't do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast, but be humble toward one another. And here's the key. Always considering others better than yourselves. You know, we, we talk sometimes about people that have the big head, right? You ever heard that phrase? Somebody's got the big head or, you know, they're, they're too big for their britches or, you know, all the different phrases. That's someone who thinks they are better than you are or better than other people are. You know, God's gift to fill in blank, whatever it may be. Someone that's not thinking of other people as better than they are, not thinking of someone else as someone who is more important than they are. So I'm going to repeat again my paraphrasing of the billboard campaign that was out some years ago. Several popular people had put up there, and all it said was, I am second. Remember we talked about that? The implication was that God was first, which is true. But I would strongly, if I had had anything to do with it, not that anyone wants to ask me, but I would have said I am third. I think that's more close, that's closer to the teaching of the Bible. God is first, others second, I am third. At least third. At least third. And so meekness is that third place mentality. Okay? Meekness is that third place mentality. And that is not what gentleness is all about. Generally speaking, right, if I am meek, if I'm considering others better than myself, if I am putting myself in the proper position, I will be gentle toward other people. It will tend to go together. But meekness is my view of myself. But we are told that such an approach that kind of approach of considering other people is really not suitable for the modern world. You know, if you want to be successful, you've got to have a hard approach. You've got to have a hardness to you. You've got to kind of bulldoze your way through the world, no matter what it does to other people. After all, you're looking out for number, I shouldn't say three, right? Number three, but the world will say looking out for number one. We are told that results can only be obtained by being aggressive and rough toward all and refusing to give in to any demands or requests. You know, just, you do what needs to be done. Get it done. That's what the world will say to us. But gentleness does not mean weakness. I got this picture up here. Don't say it out loud. 
I just want to see hands raised for who knows this character. Yeah, it's, it's us older people, <laughs> myself included. It is us older people. What's what was the name of this character? Anyone? What? It's a real short name. He was called Jaws. Jaws. And if you look at the screen, his teeth appear rather dark. That's because they were solid metal. This was a villain in a James Bond movie some time ago. And he was very dangerous because he was a big old guy. And if he got hold of it, he would just move in, you know, with those metal teeth. And you were in a world of hurt. Jaws. Certainly not someone you would think of as weak. And in the movies, not someone who was gentle. Big, big guy, played a villain. You might think this is a hard guy. But he wasn't. There's a picture of Jaws, right? With his wife and four kids. Do you think those kids have him whooped? Do you think those kids have this big guy Jaws wrapped around his their little fingers? Yes, they do. That happens. Certainly that age. Gentleness does not have to mean weak. This guy could tie every one of those individuals in that picture into a pretzel, I'm sure. But he is gentle. We even have a phrase for it. A gentle giant. A gentle giant. And so I love the contrast when I saw this picture. Jaws, terrifying in the James Bond movie. Not a shark. Get the guy here, right? Jaws. And then yet in real life, a gentle father to multiple children. Consider an example here from Chronicles about being gentle or not. Being gentle or not. Rehoboam had become king. His son had become king when Solomon died. People came to Rehoboam and asked him to lessen the tax and workload that Solomon had put on the people. Solomon was known as a very wise man, but he also was a very hard man. And he had had all sorts of building programs and really taxed the people monetarily. Some of that wealth that he was displaying to the Queen of Sheba when she came to visit came from the backs of the working people in addition to all sorts of other places. So Rehoboam listened to them and he sought advice from a group of older counselors and from a group of younger counselors. After listening, he told his people, my father forced you to work hard, but I will make you work even harder. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with whips that have sharp points. Sometimes you see scorpions. The idea is equipped with metal top metal shards on the end of it. You just think you had it bad. I'm going to be even harder than my father. He was not even close to being gentle. And what happened? The kingdom that had been united under Saul and under David and under Solomon split with two tribes following Rehoboam and ten following one of Solomon's lieutenant governors as bad choice here made by Rehoboam. A bad, bad choice. Might have been a very different future if he had chosen a gentle response instead of you ain't seen nothing yet. Gentleness is in fact not a sign of weakness at all. It can be a most powerful tool 
for God accomplishing his purposes here on the earth among each of us. Proverbs 15.1, I know you've heard this statement before, a gentle answer quiets anger, but a harsh one stirs it up. Somebody comes to you and they're upset, so if you come back with, right? What do you think is gonna happen? It's called ratcheting up. You ever had to change a flat tire? You gotta get the car up, what happens? You push down and what happens? The car goes up. You push down and the car goes up. Harsh answers to someone who's showing anger is simply pushing the car higher up one step at a time. It's not solving the anger problem that exists at all. But if somebody's angry and you say, I am so sorry that this has happened to you. Now sit down, tell me about it, let's talk about it. Even if they're mad at you, I'm so sorry that you're angry with me. Can we talk about it? What can I do? That kind of response is a lot better than throwing something back in their face. A quiet, gentle answer will tend to make anger go down rather than increasing. And I, for one, think there's more than enough anger in the world today without throwing gasoline on <laughs> Proverbs 25, 15. With patience, you can convince a ruler, and a gentle word can get through to the hard-headed. When people have wanted to get through to me, they use the gentle word. I think that verse right there has described me more than once. A gentle word will get through. A harsh word will not. We usually not get through. Jesus himself spoke about his own gentleness. Now, if you and I were talking about our gentleness, we would think we were not being humble. Well, I'm so gentle, let me tell you about it. You know, if, if, if that's Gene talking like that, that's different. Jesus was in a unique position because he was speaking as God had him speak, and he needed everyone to know, I'm different. You haven't seen anyone like me before. Look at what he says here, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek. What does meek mean? I'm more concerned about you than I am myself. I am meek and lowly in heart. That goes along with it in the sense, again, of I'm not impressed with my own importance. I'm more concerned about you. You will find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus talking about the gentleness that he would have and the way he responded to those who came to see him. The word meek can sometimes be translated gentle. So it could be saying, right, take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am gentle, I am concerned about you, and I am lowly in heart. Jesus is gentle. Here's a very obvious question with an obvious answer. Is there anyone more gentle than Jesus? No. How could there be? How could there be? Another example, Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. We won't read all of them. Thoreau was talking about Zacchaeus today, right? Remember the song, he was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And when Jesus saw him, he said, Zacchaeus, come down from there, because I'm going to your house today. Easier to think of the song and remember what happens sometimes than all the verses. Zacchaeus, a tax collector, 
He was despised by the people around him because he was a collaborator. The Roman government's oppression of the Jewish people, he was helping them, collecting money so they would be able to fund the oppression of his neighbors. So he was not a very popular person. He wouldn't have been asked to come to parties and being short in a crowd, he almost certainly was getting pushed, kicked, abused because he was a person without many friends. Jesus saw Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. Remember, he'd been up in the tree. For today, I must abide in your house. To a person like Zacchaeus, who was hated and disliked by so many of his countrymen, there could be no better kindness, no better gentle thing Jesus could have done than coming to honor his house with his presence. How gentle was Jesus in understanding the position Zacchaeus would have been in from his own choices. He chose to become a tax collector. He was helping fund the Romans who were oppressing his people. But in wanting to find out about Jesus, his heart is in the right place, wanting to make a change. And Jesus didn't overlook anyone. He didn't overlook anyone. Salvation came to Zacchaeus' house that day. Another person who experienced the gentleness of Jesus would have been the thief on the cross during the crucifixion. In the initial part of the crucifixion, when Jesus and the two thieves were being crucified on either side, the thieves joined in with the ridicule, joined in with the insults that the crowd and the Jewish leaders were heaping upon Jesus. You know, when we read the, those statements that the Jewish leaders made, we really need to make them with a lot of feeling in our voices, not just plain English, right? It should have been, well, let's see, he's calling for Elijah. Let's see if Elijah comes to help him. I mean, there's sarcasm all over the place. Don't just read it with regular English. The Jewish leaders were really mocking Jesus something terrible. And the thieves who were dying as well had joined in and insulted him early on. But it seems that with all the suffering and insults that Jesus had taken, one of the two thieves had a change of heart and recognized that this is somebody different. He came to realize that Jesus must truly be the Messiah he was accused of being and had the power of saving him. The thief turned to Jesus near the end of the day. I don't know how much longer either of them were actually alive, but he turned to Jesus and said, Lord, Master, remember me when you come into your kingdom. A few hours before, the thief had said, <clears throat> insult, joined in, ridicule. Yeah, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you can imagine. Yeah, big guy, you said a lot of things, and yet here you are on the cross right beside me. Would have been a thought, I assume, similar to that. A few hours later, what does the thief say? After seeing the response Jesus made, Lord, change, change of tone there. No insult now. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. What does Jesus say back? This gentle reply. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus did not throw insult back when he was insulted. A gentle answer turns away wrath 
a gentle answer is always, always preferred. We need this kind of gentleness when we are serving other people. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. This is Paul talking about how he and his companions had acted while in Thessalonica, while working with the Christians there in, in northern Greece. He said, we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherish, cherishes, can't say that word in there, cherishes her children, or as a mother might take care of a little infant. You know, if a mother's not taking care of an infant, many times the infant will get taken away. Something's wrong with a mother, could be mental, could be depression, could be who knows what, but if a mother's not taking care of a little baby, that is not what we picture. When you say mother and little infant, you think of gentleness, you think of tenderness, you think of kindness, you think of love. Paul says, when we were among you, we did not try to lord it over and order everybody around. We did not seek a place of authority or position of power. We were like a nurse taking care of little babies because we were gentle. We showed that we loved all of Those who were in any area of service, and let's talk Lindsley Avenue here, and other places, those who are in a place of service, whether it's a greeter, one of the most important jobs we had, Howard was coming up, Howard was doing it here this morning, was greeting people when they came in and if you've seen if somebody needed some water and making sure they got the message on paper handed to them. Whether it's making some lunches and making sure people here are not hungry. Whether it's teaching a class, whether it's leading a prayer, whether it's reading from God's word, whether it's speaking. It needs to have gentleness associated with can't imagine the attitude of coming up. Well, here's a verse I think everybody here needs to hear. I mean, if you come at things with a gentle perspective, otherwise it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. <laughs> a ministry characterized, service characterized by a gentle approach. It's going to build people up. It's going to make people more motivated. To live like God. It's going to bring people more to a mind of how they need to improve their own relationship with God. Compared to a harsh one, which is fun, there was no reason for me to come in the door kind of response. What we want is spiritual growth. That's why, that's one of the basic reasons why we are here. Is to grow and become more God-like, more like Jesus every day. And a gentle presentation, a gentle act of service, a gentle uh, mention and, and service of kindness go a long way toward that. Let's look at some verses. I know we've talked about a few, but let's, let's look at some verses here toward the end of the, the message from the New Testament and other places about gentleness. Colossians 3.12, God has chosen you, and by the way, that statement's made to each of us. God has chosen, how about we just say us? God has chosen us and made us his holy people. He loves us. So we should always clothe ourselves with mercy, with 
humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, I changed the use to we and us. I know I did that. But this applies to each of us. My approach to people, my approach to the day, needs to leave behind me the dust. I always think of like sparkly dust floating behind me as I walk through the day. What's my path through the day done? What has it left behind me? Has it left a feeling of mercy if it was needed? Or has it been interactions with people that were kind? Did I seem more interested in other people because I am interested in other people? Humility? Was I gentle? Did I show patience? That's what we are supposed to be like. Because God chose us. God chose us before the world began when he decided to send Jesus to give each of us the opportunity to have our sins forgiven. Look at 1 Timothy 6, 11. Here, Paul is speaking to a relatively, always relative these days, younger preacher, younger minister. And he tells him, live in the right way. Live in the right way. Serve God, have faith, love, patience, and then there it is again. Gentleness. You know, if a preacher is not gentle, if a preacher is just always pounding, you're either going to attract people that for some reason enjoy that type of thing, or you're going to run people off. You're certainly not going to change a heart. Now, are there times, certainly like as a parent, are there times where you've got to just lay it on the line? Absolutely. Paul does that. He buses all over at the Corinthians because they were tolerating open immorality in the middle of their assembly. General approach needs to have a, a love for other people behind it and as gentle as possible. James 3:13. Are there those among you who are truly wise and understanding? Then they should show it by living right and doing good things with a gentleness that comes from wisdom. It's hard to be gentle when you're first starting out. You've got to learn it. It's got to come from wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? It comes from God. So if I'm not gentle, I can pray to God, ask for wisdom, ask for insight into being a, having a more gentle heart. Am I wise in understanding? Does that describe me? Does gentleness describe me? Would, it describe, would other people, there's a better way to think sometimes, would other people describe me as gentle? up here. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, the church at Ephesus, always be humble, gentle, patient, accepting each other in love. Do they sound similar? Yes, they do. Because they all will tend to go together. I mean, look, again, always be humble. Think about other people. Gentle. Do something in a relatively easy, soft way. Patient. I want God to be patient with me. I certainly need to be patient with other people. Accepting each other in love. If you have a prejudice against fallen people, please try to get over it. I can't do much about it. Prejudice against fallen people, not accepting somebody because they're bald, makes about as much sense as rejecting somebody for any other reason. He says, accept each other in love. We accept each other as we used to say, warts and all. Because we're all trying to live our lives as God would want us to, to go home and live with Him. Which describes me? 
I'm going to put two pictures on the screen. Which one of these would describe me? I wondered if anyone here, it's going to be another old person test. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who is this a picture of here? You said yeah. Gentle Ben. Gentle Ben, as far as I know, this was a TV show in the 60s. I mean, what do you usually see with bears? Run away. I mean, if it's a bear, I'm trying to get as far away from the bear as possible because bears are ferocious. Bears can be you know, violent, that kind of thing, right? But not this one. The whole premise of the show was Gentle Ben was a nice bear. Obviously, magistrate. But he was a nice bear. And this little kid, I mean, couldn't have known better, said, they're hugging this bear. But that was the whole point. Gentle giant indeed. So am I this? Does this describe me? Would I be more like Gentle Ben right here? Or would I be more like that? You know, that's a definite bull in a china shop. Hopefully it was not very expensive china when they set up that picture, but seriously. Which one of those two pictures describes my last day, my last week, my last month? Which one describes my life? Am I more like <clears throat> Gentle Ben or Bull in the China Shop? Which one does God want me to do? Gentle Ben. When we are harsh, when we respond to somebody in a harsh manner, when we're harsh, we show we have a long way to go to be the kind of person God wants us to be. It's very true. When we respond harshly, it's because we're not thinking the way God wants us to think. We're not truly allowing the spirit that dwells within us to help us move in the direction of going home toward God. When we respond harshly, we're living for ourselves. Talking about repentance. Repentance is the change from living for yourself to living for God. When I'm harsh, I'm not really living for God very well. But when we show gentleness, we show that we are well on our way to being like God. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to become godly, God-like more and more every day. So in terms of this fruit of the Spirit, remember, you can't say, I'm not very gentle, I'm going to work on being gentle. I'm not very patient. Lord, give me patience right now. I'm going to develop patience today. It'll be done by 1 o'clock. Now, remember, the whole premise of our entire study is, these are fruits of the Spirit. These are not fruits of gene. These are not fruits of pain. These are fruits of gene. The only way these will show up in my life is if the Spirit is truly living in harmony within me, with me. So if I'm not showing the fruit that the Spirit should generate, I'm trying to move in a different direction than the Spirit would have me go. And it's causing conflict that shows up in my behavior. That's what the fruit of the Spirit is all about. It will come without any real problem at all. It will be 
created will grow, will show if my direction of my life is going with the Spirit in the way the Spirit would lead dwelling within us as we can